Lunchtime hour. It is 12.02 aggression for you. We go to the Harbor One hotline to talk some football here on Super Bowl week with our friend Tommy Curd of NBC Sports Boston. He is uh, brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, 1-800-GET-HAIR. Buy Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran, good afternoon. Welcome to Gresham Fourier. How are you, friend? I'm tremendous. Two hours behind you guys, but happy to be That's joining it? in the morning hours. That's it? Only two hours? Why did I think it was three? Well, because Arizona Arizona does the weird, they don't turn Time their clocks right. back, right? They're the smart ones. They keep it They keep it uh, consistent out there in, in Phoenix, right? Keep it on cactus time. <laughs> on go. cactus time. Now, I know we're supposed to talk football with Tommy Curran, but he loves his basketball as well. So let's get a one-minute hot take on this. Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown, Tommy, yes, no, maybe. What do you think? Nope, nope. And I have been over the last couple of years as much of a Jalen Brown um, doubter, I guess, or expecting more for the the way people regard Jalen Brown in Boston has not always matched up with his performance. And this year, however, he has been every bit an all-star. He has made drastic improvement from the player he was last year. And even last summer, I was of a mind that, look, Jalen Brown is not somebody to move away from for Kevin Durant, given Kevin Durant's injury history and age. I would bet on Jalen Brown. I would stick with Jalen Brown. I would stick with the players they have right now. The notion that I've heard people broach Derek White is being expendable, Derek White, is an absolute staple of this team. The defense that that kid plays on a regular basis, his ability to contribute offense, just don't overthink it at the trade deadline. Yeah, if you get a big grade, but don't overthink it. I haven't I haven't heard Derek White's name come up once. Well, because it's the whole can you figure out a way to go get Kevin Durant without maybe giving up Jalen Brown or you got to throw another player mm. in. Okay. But I knew that Tommy would okay. have a uh, big opinion. Now, Tommy, did you happen to hear Bill Belichick on with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. last night in their big expansive discussion? There was a lot in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a lot in there, and and it's it's yet again it's a more public hatchet burial than what occurred for 25 minutes after the Patriots and Buccaneers played in New England in 2021. And I think that that it's important to to see it for what it is, which is the two principles in perhaps the greatest and longest and most successful partnership in professional sports history in American professional sports history. Appreciate each other so much and owe each other so much and are so cognizant and aware of it that that period of time in which there was the two guys getting sideways and had irreconcilable differences, they have shelved. And it was just part of their growing up and then growing apart. So to me, I think it's, it's important to see how hard they're working to make sure that each other understands how much they appreciate the other okay so um so that was that was that the biggest thing that stood out to you in that whole interview yeah I, well the biggest thing that stood out was kind of a brady insistence that it was all contrived in a media creation that there was dysfunction because i swear to god i sat there and watched a five-part documentary 
that basically was a chronicle and airing of grievances yeah. called Tom Burst Time yeah. about a lack of appreciation. Yeah. And Thank you for that. So can we not pretend? <laughs> we can, we're adult enough, I think, to not need to have a fairy tale. They're going to live happily ever after, but there can be a blue period, and there was a blue period. You know, Tom Brady wanted a contract that would take him through the end of his career. He thought he was going to get it in 2019. When it wasn't forthcoming, he was ready to leave camp. When they finally gave him the contract, which he hoped and expected to be a two-year, $50 million guaranteed contract, just like Drew Brees, it wasn't. It was a one-year deal that was going to vaporize. And the Patriots, knowing that, had called it a two-year deal. And people for 15 minutes said, oh, Brady's going to be here through the end. How do you like that, everybody? No, he wasn't. It was voidable. And then when Brady went back to the table in March and gave him one more shot, because Robert Kraft was holding out hope that they could have a negotiation and give him what he wanted, and Belichick said, best I can do for you is 22 and a half against the cap. We can't give you a two-year contract. We're not going to do that. That's when Brady said, okay, all set, done. I've been asking for the contract for years. I haven't gotten it. I'm going to leave. Okay, well, that, that is, that is kind of the way I think it will be ultimately remembered. Like when You remember all those discussions we used to have when it, when it comes to you know, how will, like the, the, the flate gate and, you know, and, and all, the, all the other cheating scandals or issues that they had? In the end, when people mention Tom Brady's name 10 years from now when he's maybe he's at the end of his Fox deal – I don't think they'll mention any of these negative things. It'll always be just, you know, rainbows, lollipops, and, you know, good times. Yeah, nobody spends a lot of time talking about Jerry Reinsdorf with Michael Jordan. <laughs> never met, what never, a great analogy. Yeah. What a great analogy, Tommy. Million percent right on that. Yeah, you just talk, you only hear about it during the, uh, the last dance. If, yeah, and, and for if, Belichick, even if we could, and as much as, we all understand, or as much as somebody like me wants the facts to be out there so that we can appreciate and chronicle what was a unique time in professional sports, there's no way that re-signing Tom Brady for the 2020 season was probably going to yield a a Patriots Super Bowl. Brady went to a team that could win a Super Bowl. The 2020 Patriots, if Brady was going to be two years and $50 million, we're not going to be in a position to win a Super Bowl. It did work out the best for both guys. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresh and Foyer. Of course, he is out in Arizona. We'll get to the Super Bowl coming up. But, Tommy, we also learned this week that Adrian Clem is going to leave what is a really good job at Oregon to come be the offensive line coach here in New England. Word is the Patriots paid the freight. They stroked the check to be able to get a guy like Adrian Clem twofold, number one. Your thoughts on Clem ending up here in number two, the sense of purpose. I'm not going to go urgency, but the sense of purpose with which Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft have gone about fixing the problems of last year. Yeah, and it was interesting because you made mention of that really in the introductory moments of Adrian Clem, how much he was making at Oregon and the fact that the Patriots, if they were going to bring him aboard, might have to outpace that contract. So Adrian Clem as an offensive line coach will be making more than a million a year, and the Patriots are not generally known for being spendthrifts with their coaches. So it's, it's a big deal. And Phil Perry and I you know, spend a lot of time talking about it. He said, you know, this is what they do when things don't go well. 
if you are the 2002 Patriots, you go out and you get Rodney Harris and Roosevelt Colvin. If you're the 2006 Patriots, you go get Randy Moss and Wes Welker. If you're the 2015 Patriots, you get all the players who are on that 16 team, and we're seeing it again right now. After a disappointing season, if the Patriots have the wherewithal to do it, they empty both barrels. And that's yeah. what has happened. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if Adrian Clem is necessarily, you know, going to be the offensive line savior. Kristen, did you play with him at all? I, I did. I did play with them, but I mean, I would just put it this way: like it's better than what they had, and he's got a pretty good reputation, and he's uh, you know he played the position, so I think, and then he grew up in the scar system, so I think there's some obvious carry over there, um, Tom. But I would ask this: my last question for me, one. When it comes to like you know handling all family business, okay, the offensive coordinator was was obvious one. Um, what was it? Uh, the offensive line coach I felt like was another obvious one. I didn't know if I saw Nick Cayley leaving, um, and then but I'm curious to know what they do with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge moving forward. It certainly looks like Judge is going to be a part of the plan going forward, whether he goes back to special teams coach or not. I think it's a very sore spot, is what I've gathered in conversations with folks uh, involved with the team. All of it's a sore spot. Belichick does not want to get into titles, et cetera, because then there will be some kind of level of blame laying, and he wants to stay away from that. Very, I think, attuned to the media thirstiness for, okay, who's doing what? So that means that guy, Bill, doesn't think he did a good job. So we might not hear about it. Um, but I think almost all business, you're right, has been resolved. Now it's going to be down to Christian What's the scheme look like? Who stays? Who sucked? Who sucked because they do suck? Who sucked because the coach <laughs> couldn't? <laughs> Tommy, that is going to be fun to watch. Uh, Tommy <laughs> does not suck. He is out on the uh, West Coast. Of course, Super Bowl 57 is uh, coming up on Sunday. You can hear the game right here on WEEI and in Boston. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app. Tommy, what is your feel going into this game where I admit, at least from a national standpoint, and maybe we're missing the boat back here on the East Coast, it feels like the narratives haven't really started yet. I don't want to say there's no buzz because there's always buzz for a Super Bowl, but in terms of some of the talking points, the feel, maybe what's at stake for Patrick Mahomes, Feels like a lot of that talk is kind of tepid. What do you make of where we're at getting ready for Super Bowl 57? Yeah, it feels a spitch flat, and it's not really anyone's fault, I don't think. It's not the fault of the Kansas City Chiefs not being compelling or the Eagles, you know, being in the situation they're in. Look, if if this was Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, it would feel different. It's it's a bigger deal when it's a more established quarterback who we know. I love Jalen Hurts' story, but we don't know enough about him in his second year as a starter as to how does he play in big games. I mean, I'm sure that people were the same way with the Patriots early on. Oh, here come these guys. They're pretty boring. But they were compelling. You know, Brady was compelling in 03 and 04. So, again, I don't I don't think it has a massive amount of – intrigued to it at this point i think the eagles are the better overall team but the only hook that will drag people in is the patrick mahomes hook and he's not he's not a loathsome player so it's not like you could even really root against him um you know what i mean like some Mm -hmm. quarterbacks are divisive by the end brady people would be happy to root against the patriots and and brady so 
to me, there's not a lot of buzz, and it'll probably grow as the week goes along. So, so is there? Since you're down there, you're in Radio Row, and you know, I guess Tuesday people start to come in, right, or whatever. So, what is there? Is there? Is there anything going on? Is there any like I saw like you know what is it? Media night was last night. Didn't look like anything happened there. What's the buzz going on around there? As just far as off the field stuff, it's weird. It's not like it was. Period. It's it's not you know it's there's no uniformity to it. There's no um, general. Hey, this is the epicenter of the Super Bowl, and everyone has to gather there. Um, there's not the mass upon mass of media people really hyping and beating the drum to create the electricity and the talk and the conversation. So it's called a media room. It's not called radio row anymore. And as I walked past the middle of the, (laughs) the middle of it, I saw Ithaca, Syracuse, Brandeis. A lot of it is populated by college stations who are here. It's just not, what it was previously like. Well, hold on, Tom, because I saw there was like a uh, you know record number of not credentials, but like you know those those spots that they have in that media row, whatever the hell they call it now. There was like a record number of stations and credentials being handed out for this Super Bowl. It's because they're smaller outlets. Okay, they're giving it to anybody who asks. Oh, okay, <laughs> but don't they charge people for that spot? Don't you? Don't you have to? pay to actually get a little table with a little electrical outlet you know and like internet you're over my head oh all right then i would not know you uh yeah you normally do however the nfl can control however they want to uh, handle that tommy have fun out there in uh phoenix and uh, i know that you'll join jones and mego with arcan on thursday as well and uh, we'll talk to you next week friend thanks a bunch all right, fellas, have a tremendous rest of your week. We'll, we'll try, friend. You too. There goes uh, Tom E. Kern of NBC Sports Boston.